Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? dropped over the weekend. We'll talk about Birdman and his appearance on The Breakfast Club. All of that on tonight's Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. But first, let me explain to you how this show works for those who may be new. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice, chat, or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347 202 
888-646-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 592 starts right after a word from my official sponsor, Forever Letter. Sometimes, it's easier to express ourselves in a letter. Telling those we leave behind how we really feel can be stressful. But with Forever Letter, it doesn't have to be. Imagine being told that your life is now being measured in months and not years. You want to be able to say everything that is weighing on your mind to your loved ones in a way that will be cherished and remembered. Forever Letter has made the process of your final words easier to deal with, with a service that is secure and delivered on the date of your choosing, and can be delivered out to three years. The process is easy and user-friendly with different options available, such as choosing the stationery or recording a virtual message. Whatever method you choose, Forever Letter can help create a lasting and final memory for those you leave behind. It's important for all of us to say goodbye, whether you're healthy or sick, because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Your Forever Letter will remind them that life can be a beautiful journey with words that last forever. Call 844-LETTER-4, foreverletter.life, bringing life to your words. My thanks to foreverletter.life for being the official sponsor of the Talk to Q radio show. It's also brought to you by Twitter. Here's a dating app for those who just can't take it anymore. Dating is already difficult enough without dealing with your date paying attention to his or her phone more than you. Have you ever been in a restaurant with a new acquaintance and they're constantly picking up their phone? What could possibly be so interesting that they're willing to sacrifice time with you to like something on Facebook? It's time that you checked out Twiffless. Twiffless is an app for low-to-no social media users. Find people who have more interest in people than they do in their phones. The term comes from twiffing, which is defined as the act of using social media. That's when you're perusing or posting sites like Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, etc., Twiffing is the reason that we have social media prenuptial agreements today. And if you don't know what a social media prenup is, then Google it. <laughs> it's real. Twiffless is the first and only matchmaking dating app based on interest and social media usage. If you prefer someone who's online no more than four or five hours a day, then you can select that. But if you prefer someone who spends less than an hour online, you can request that too. They use a Twiffermeter algorithm that will compare the chemistry between individuals with emphasis on the time spent on social media. Now, keep in mind that they are not eliminating social media users from the app. Everyone is welcome because we all use social media in one way or another. If it's just looking at our friend's Facebook page or whatever the situation may be. Being the best dating app in the digital world is not only their goal, 
but arranging successful long-term relationships and instant proximity dating opportunities is part of their plan too. The beauty of this niche social media is not just limited to the U.S. The frustration of twiffing while on a date or in a relationship is being felt around the world. However, in order to make this amazing app happen, they need your support. This is what I need my T2Q listeners to do. Go over to kickstarter.com and search for Twiffless, T-W-I-F-L-E-S-S. Your pledge can not only help finish development and distribution of this amazing application, but it could score you some rewards at the same time. The bigger your pledge, the bigger the offering you'll get in return from a t-shirt to free VIP membership up to a year. Visit Kickstarter and search for Twiffless. You can also find the link over at my website at talktoq.com or in my email newsletter. Just let them know when you make your pledge that you heard it here on the Talk to Q radio show and you'll get something special. Thanks a lot. on Prince today. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. To the phone lines I go, to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, making his way to the ring, the man in black, the Buckster. Buck, what's happening, man? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, man. How you doing? Uh, doing all right, man. Still, still, uh, still tripped out. Prince no longer with us, man. It's uh, you know, when your your numbers call, you gotta go. And uh, you know, this one here probably could have been prevented on, don't, if he would. Don't get too don't get too far ahead of me with the testimonies yet, but definitely get a chance. But yeah. uh, let me go well, to the. I'll, go ahead. All I was gonna say was it could have been awarded if he would have gotten himself checked in somewhere. But anyway. Well, we'll speculate on that, too. Yep. To the 248 area code I go, the Motor City of Detroit, to welcome on the author, the show hostess, the show legend, Crystal Hickerson. What's up, Chris? Thank you. How are you? Hey, Bob. I am outstanding. How are you? Hey, Crystal. Pretty good. Cool. All right. To the... 732 area code I go The Garden State of New Jersey So welcome on The show enforcer Ray Ray what's happening man Hey what's up Q Buck Crystal How y'all doing tonight What's doing up well. How you doing man Alright 
and I'm going to stay in that area code and go to the, the 732 and bring on Amanda. Amanda, what's happening? Hey, Q. Hey, Crystal. Ray, Buck, how's everybody tonight? Hey, Amanda. Doing well. How are you? Hey, Amanda. Doing good. All right. Great. Glad to have you on. 347-202-0215 is the number. All right. Talk about what went down last week. Um, I'm chilling. Somebody walks in the room, and it's, I mean, the word she said out of her mouth, Prince is gone. And I didn't ask, like, what, huh, or when did this happen? I mean, for some reason, I just knew it was true the way she said it. And, of course, it was confirmed. It was all over the news and everything. Um, One of the greatest performers of my lifetime is, you know, gone. And so I'll start with you, um, Crystal. Where were you, and what was your reaction when you heard it? Um, well, the reaction was, um, I was, uh, I guess I was at work, um, when someone had mentioned it. Um, but then my reaction was just, you know, shock, disbelief, the usual reaction that most people have when they lose someone um, who is, you know, special to them in their life, and Prince is was special to a lot of people, even though they didn't know him personally, but they knew his music, and he has been around for most of my life. So, um, so yeah, just shock and disbelief that you know he was he had died. And Amanda, what about you? Um, Ray and I were actually together, um, and we had been out and had lunch, and we're on our way home. And uh, I was doing something with my phone. I can't remember if I was checking a voicemail or what. And he had looked at his phone, and he was like, and just the look on his face, like I don't think the five years we've been married and the six years we've known each other, I don't know if I've seen an expression on his face the way that he looked um, after he had looked at his phone. So I knew it had to be bad. And he was like, um, I can't remember his exact words, but I don't know if he had said that Prince was gone or Prince had died or what. And then, like, as soon as he said it, I got a text from one of my coworkers saying, have you heard that Prince died? So it was just really, you know, it was, it was really hard to believe. And it, I was kind of trying to hold out and hope that maybe it was wrong and it was just mm-hmm. a rumor. But, you know, I just... I think I think because of all the different news outlets saying it, it was like you kind of had to realize that it was true. And then once we got home, and you know, I just had it on CNN for hours, just watching yeah. the coverage. It was just it was just devastating. But man, when uh, when I first heard the news, I was at work, and the guy I was working with came in and said Prince died, but he's a redneck guy. So the thing was that I, he likes to break jokes. So I thought he was playing a sick joke. I was like, dude, don't be telling me no bullshit like that. I said, that can't, that ain't real. He said, he, he died, man, he died. I was like, no, nah, he ain't dead. Even though I know he had been sick, you know. So when I got home and I checked my internet at home, you know, because I, I didn't look at the phone, didn't even think to check it. When I got home and saw it all over, it was all over the nightly news and everything, I was like, he wasn't playing. He was serious. And then it, was, it, it hit me, you know. And the way he said it, it really just threw me. 
and it's, it's even now still hard to believe that he's actually gone, even though I know that, you know, it wasn't a joke. But it's just the fact that it's just hard to believe. But, you know, it's, you know, he's gone. So. Yeah. And it's like, I, um, I remember I was on my way home when Whitney Houston died. I remember I was driving home and I heard that news on the radio. I remember I was, um, somewhere, well, yeah, I, I remember where I was when they announced Michael Jackson. But for some reason, this just felt different. And, um, and I'm not sure that could just be personal for me since I'm more of a Prince fan, I guess, than I may be of the other two. But, uh, I mean, everyone was trying to confirm if it was true or not. I know a guy who has a cousin who's in prison. His cousin called from prison, and he's on the line. He's like, man, is it, is it true? And he's like, what, what are you talking about? He goes, is Prince dead? And there were a whole bunch of guys he said he heard in the background going like, what'd he say? What'd he say? And everything. <laughs> and then when he told him it was true, you just heard the collective groan of convicts in the background. So, I mean, a lot of people were affected by this. And so, Amanda, I go back to you. Uh, and it's not just Prince, because whenever um, you're a fan of someone and that person passes away, you kind of feel it personally. But why do you think it felt so different with Prince? Because it seems like people took this, just just my personal observation, took this harder than they may have, you know, Michael Jackson. I was looking at that, too, as far as um, just the, especially the respect that he received. And I don't know if it's, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why it is or what it is. I don't know if it's just him having been a, a an artist and a wonderful musician who just so many people respected well, and related this. to. Could it be the movies? The movies make you feel like you really know him when you think about Purple Rain. Maybe. I mean, that could definitely be part of it too. I mean, I was thinking about the fact that just so many. I think Prince just really crossed into so many different types of. Genres. It would be really hard to not like his music. Uh huh. Um, and I I don't know. So I don't know if it's just that his music affected and touched so many people, or if it was because with Michael Jackson and and I'm I you know I love and respect Michael Jackson. So this isn't a a a dig against him or anything. But I think that with Prince, he just wasn't always in the news and always different things going on. I think with Michael, even though I don't think we really expected it, but then again, with all the different issues that Michael had had and just, he was just always kind of in the news. And with Prince, it was uh-huh. more so, and same thing with Whitney Houston. It was like, okay, we've known you to have some type of issues. Whereas with Prince, he's he's been such a private person and he, you know, it's, it's not something that I think most people were prepared for. Yeah, and that's a good point, especially about him being private. And Ray, you know, Prince was kind of a of a recluse. You know, when he came out, it was a a, a sight. You know, it was kind of a spectacle. When he came, went to the Golden State Warriors basketball game just, um, I think, last month, I remember seeing people just when they were showing him walking into the arena – how everyone was focused on him and taking pictures of him as he was walking to his seat. And so does that kind of add a little bit to his allure, the fact that you didn't see him on every magazine, that you don't hear him on everybody's song every 20 minutes on the radio? Uh, yeah, I think it does. I mean, 
anytime you are mysterious, people want to know more. I guess he kept people wanting to know more. I mean, as far as, you know, I go, you know, I like the, the music and, you know, I just think that he just really was a, when you think about a true musician, like if you say who else you could compare him to, it, it's hard to come up with somebody because I remember a friend of mine, we was talking one day at work, and he said a lot of people don't realize this may have been eight, nine years ago that you can't compare Michael Jackson to Prince. And, you know, I hadn't really thought about it like that because mm-hmm. he told me he had albums that I didn't even know about. He said he had 20-some albums. I've looked up now. He's up to 39 albums. Yeah. So when you think about all the albums that Michael Jackson did, I mean, you can count them on your hands. And, you know, but Prince can play instruments. He can write songs. He can he can do it all. So it's kind of like when you say, well, who is Prince now? You really can't think of anybody. No. And, you know, that's what kind of makes it special because from what people say, he was a, a good person that really, you know, cared about a lot of people and did a lot of things for people. And, you know, and I think it just kind of shocked everybody at the same time. I wasn't really shocked because when I heard they did an emergency landing like days before then, I was yeah. like, man, you know, I hope Prince be all right, man, because, you know, he's just always somebody that I like. I mean, that Purple Rain album was just classic. Yeah. You know, probably one of the best R&B albums next to 12 play I ever heard. You know, yeah. so he really did his thing. And, and wrote a lot of songs for people. I mean, you finding out more as the days go on, but he wrote a lot of songs that a lot of people didn't know he wrote, and I didn't even know he wrote. So, you know, I think when they do a movie on his life and all that, it's, it's going to go through the roof like Jungle Book. And, um, I on him because there's so much about him that a lot of people don't know. But uh, Crystal Ray mentioned how everyone, you know, liked him or adored him, pun intended. Um, but it wasn't always like that. When Prince first started out, people thought he was a freak. People thought he was a weirdo. People thought um, they didn't know what sexual orientation he was. Um, where do you think all of that transitioned to where he went from being all of those things to almost literally being royalty. Well, that comes from being a true individual. And he created uh, the Minneapolis sound, which became his sound. And, you know, Prince was a true artist, and he didn't care about what people thought or what people, um, you know, like in the beginning, he he didn't really care about that. He just wanted to put out music that was true to him, you know, he was uh, something that um, is rare today, I think, is um, just true musicians, and that is what, um, you know, we 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 just think of Prince, as, when I say we, I think mainly of black people thinking, <coughs> or, um, you know, 
rhythm and blues or whatever, thinking that he was just ours, you know. But he wasn't. He was a true musician. He was a guitarist. There's plenty of guitars um, now coming out saying that they idolized him because of his music and, and, you know, his artistry. And um, they idolized him because of his songwriting. And, and, you know, I think, you know, exactly what Amanda was saying. I mean, this, he, he was so much broader than just a pop artist or whatever. He was not one-dimensional or whatever. He wrote the music behind what he sung. Um, He told his story and other stories. You know, he was a writer. He was a true artist. And and that is rare. And even when it came to the point of the way he dressed or he was was just presenting himself of who he was. And that even is definitely rare now. You know, because everything is so commercialized. Yeah. And even when he had an opportunity, you know, he still, he fought for his right to keep his own music, you know. And so that was, you know, amazing within itself. And he didn't care that he may have lost because it wasn't about the money. It was about his work. And a lot of people can't can't say that nowadays because they just care about the money and the fame. Right. He didn't care about any of that. And as far as his music being on the radio, he didn't, he didn't, his music didn't need to be on the radio <laughs> because we already had his music within us and people were already singing his music that you didn't even know. <clears throat> his movies and different things that were out there, was all him. He was always out there. He didn't need to be on the radio. No doubt. And I'm not sure why he wasn't to begin with, to be honest with you. But you mentioned money, and I'm going to get to that, but let me first go to the 601 area code, to the Magnolia State of Mississippi, to bring on the man, the legend, the minister of sexual affairs, as dubbed by my man Alex Kelly. What's up, Eminem? What up, Q? What a radio world? Not much, man. And Eminem, let's talk about the money. Prince was worth a lot of money. But his sister were just recently interviewed. Um, I think her name is Tika Nelson. And she says that, to her knowledge, there's no will. Um, that he did not have a will regarding his property and estate, all that other stuff. Now, of course, there's plenty of time for one to show up, for one of the lawyers to present one. Because you would have to think that someone as business-minded as Prince would have a will. But... Uh, I mean, what do you think about that, man? This is a man with a full sister and five half-brothers and sisters. If he doesn't have a will, this can turn out to be a pretty ugly thing regarding his rights and things of that nature, oh, I guess, or whatever they may have access to. Oh, yeah, to. I mean, um, you know, it is if he truly doesn't have a will or something in writing that could be uh, substantiated in a, you know, in a court or something, just kind of showing how he would like at least the majority of his estates, you know, the uh, the things that's more personal to him, you know, like his uh, his studio and uh, definitely his, his masters and all that kind of stuff like that. It would be just unfathomable to think that he, you know, didn't over the years anyway between, you know, uh, uh, age, you know, he was always kind of like a, uh, a totally independent person in a sense, but, I mean, but everybody... You know, you got uh, personal assistance. You got you got somebody that that you kind of day to day with that kind of would a 
knew some things. But if he truly did, man, that that's just as brilliant as he was, man. That that's that that would be very dumb because for one, um, for him being such a master artist, you know, one thing no artist want to do is be negative. You know, to leave something to somebody negligent and just you know basically sell your stuff for a little nothing or right or just you know you know I tell you what Q kind of like how uh, we know a lot about it in the South anyway with uh, especially with people from older generations when black people really had a hard time getting certain things if somebody from a you know a couple of generations go ahead land or whatever they tended to leave that kind of stuff to whoever's gonna just hold on to it take care of it not be too quick to sell it so kind of I, I guess, in a sense, that's what I'm saying about if nothing else. Because he, like, uh, I, I kind of just got on when Chris was finishing up. You know, he was such a pure artist. He didn't really care about money like that. But I, but, but his life was his work. And if nothing else, there's no way I don't think he would have not did something to leave that right. in the proper hands. If, if, if nothing else, you know, yeah, I could see him maybe not – you know, naming uh, you know, somebody maybe for, you know, physical properties. But it's hard to imagine he didn't do that with his with his uh, with his masters, and that's where the money is, is with his masters. You know, so. Uh, well, we'll, but, we'll uh, find out. I'm pretty sure some point, one of his attorneys has something. Right, but at some point, maybe uh, you know, in in the future, maybe that's something we can talk about because uh, we did it before a couple times. Uh, black people. You know, not having wheels, and, and 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 hey, I'm I'm in like a prepaid legal thing through the school, and one of the things they give you is a free wheel. I ain't did that shit yet, but uh, I don't know. It's, just, <laughs> it's totally free. Morgan right. Morgan do it, matter of fact, but it, I ain't did shit. Uh, well, let me take a quick break. Hear from one of our sponsors, and we'll be back. A few more questions on Prince, but uh, first, I want to hear from. Uh, one of my sponsors, Corinda Chapman. The book is a true story about the daily battles between a teenager and her Christian mom because the mom wanted her to become a Christian and following the Christian path, doing a lot of uh, things the correct way, and the teenager just wanted to remain a teen in a teen's world staying relevant and doing what teens think they should be doing hanging out partying having a good old time um this caused a lot of uh, mistrust and misjudgment and bias to step into their relationship and it caused them to drift apart uh it took the mother continuously talking and preaching to her kids about the values in in being a decent human being and, and, you know, guidance, uh, continuously speaking about guidance and, you know, going the right way. Not necessarily, you know, being in church, but, you know, being a decent human being, the right things to do, you know, what is not considered right just so that they can stay on the correct path in life. It caused them to bump head a lot. And it wasn't until years later the teen started realizing what the mother was doing. She actually realized that the mother did love her after all, and everything the mother tried to do for her was for her own benefit. And it was then the teenager started appreciating the mom 
and they started finding common grounds. Um, they start, they were able to laugh, talk, smile, and have meaningful conversations. The only regret the teen had was not being able to recognize this much sooner. Just to say thank you, mom. I now see that you're a good mom. So that's what the book is all about. favorite Prince album. Um, my thanks to Corinda Chapman for um, her contributions with her book, When Time Unexpectedly Runs Out, when a teenage daughter and, you know, her Christian mom kind of come to odds and have to work through some things on their relationship, go to Amazon and check it out, When Time Unexpectedly Runs Out by Corinda Chapman. 347-202-0215 is the number. Talking about Prince, a couple more things before I, I, I get into this whole Birdman thing. But um, but Master P was on TMZ, and he said that a lot of people call Prince a weirdo and all this other stuff, even though he's one of the greatest entertainers of world in the world. But, quote, it took him to die for everyone to talk about how great he is, end quote. First of all, why is everyone going to Master P for quotes? Because didn't he have something to say about Lamar Odom and people not really liking him or something? But, I mean, do you agree with that? I felt like people have always said that Prince was was great for, like, the last 20 years. You know, I mean, uh, at least. And, you know, that just sounds funny. Master P don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I'm just saying. And, I mean, but. I think I think we all re- I think we all understand and realize that Prince was definitely a unique individual, but in the same sentence, I mean, this man had talent beyond. I mean, he's one of the big three. I mean, Michael Jackson, this Prince, and this Madonna, and two of the three are now gone. So the thing is, and is that a little trivia: they were all know, born in the same year. Exactly. So the thing is, is that I mean, Prince. 
you know, he was one of these individuals that was ahead of his time when he came out. A lot of people didn't know how to take him at the beginning. I, I remember as a young, young, young boy, my mom's going like, look at this freak, you know, on, you know, it, you know, nobody could figure him out, but his music, I mean, this is a gentleman, this is a man that's been playing it. He knew how to play several instruments by the time he turned 10 years old. So, I mean, this is a guy that this, you know, he, he just revolutionized the, the craft of music. Um, this is a man that would just, well, in the middle of a conversation, would just stop and run to the studio to, you know, write down a lyric or, you know, play a beat or something like that because he didn't want to lose that train of thought. So, I mean, this is a talent that, I mean, this is one of these once-in-a-lifetime talents. And, I mean, you just you just, you just don't find that anymore. And um, he's definitely going to be missed. Yeah. Now, Crystal... Crystal, you know, people did say that, uh, you know, he was a freak and all this other stuff when he first came out. But, and you know, that was back in a time where we were very conservative when it came to entertainment. There were just certain music that didn't make the radio. There's certain things that we didn't see on TV. And thinking back on my childhood, I mean, Prince probably taught a lot of people sexuality as far as being comfortable with sex. Um do you agree with that? Do you think that he kind of helped pave the way to where we are today? Uh, as far as sex? Oh, as no, far as just being comfortable with sexuality? Um, no, I don't think that was his doing. Um, I think uh, I think one has really nothing to do with the other, personally, but I think that he was... Um, very expressive, and you know, when you think of the the, um, the music back then of rhythm and blues and funk and rock and roll, I mean, it was always about that. So, so he combined all of those genres together and mm-hmm. made it, of course, um, quite sexual because you know he was he was a very you know he admitted that he was very wild you know and very sexual back then. So that's what he expressed, and and while in doing that, and you know, he told his stories. But no, I don't think. Cause I think a lot of artists um, then were also, you know, pretty sexual and free, and talking about different things, drugs and you know, rock and roll and all that. So I don't think he was uh, unique to that. I just think that was just something that he did and made it unique to himself. You don't think he brought it mainstream? Think that between him and Madonna? Uh, I don't necessarily think they brought it mainstream. Uh-huh. Not, I mean, not me. I don't really be- believe that they, that they were the catalyst for it. I just think they were one of the major artists who also did it. Okay. But, um, yeah. Because there was Blondie. There was, um, you know, Pat Benatar back then. I mean, very, you know, outwardly sexual type of... That was that was rock and roll. It was always that way. David okay. Boy too. I never yeah, knew exactly. about uh, David Boy. I don't even think know, about sex with Pat Benatar or, or Blondie. I haven't heard enough of their music though. I guess so. That's why <laughs> I have to go back and check them out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, sure. all right. So l- let me go ahead and we'll yeah, we'll, Rick, we'll just get to this. Rick James. Yeah, no, I, Rick, Rick James, James put it on the map. I, I was a Rick James. <laughs> 
protege. I mean, but right, man, all of them. But but I don't want to you know talk about Rick James and definitely take nothing away from Prince or nothing. But of the of the the hood big three, um, you know Michael Jackson, you know Prince and Rick James. It was um, you know like of course the the girls and shit went crazy over you know Prince and Michael Jackson, but Lila the yeah. lot of the dude dude type dudes you know it was more or less like you know Rick James was kind of like man you know he was like he did it like in your face like you know basically like a, a nigga pimping hoes and shit you know I mean my they was like was smooth a Rick James fan yeah. I, I just I just found yeah. that out Sunday that my father was a big Rick James fan we were talking about it. I oh, had really? no idea. okay yeah, yeah. yeah. He, got, he, knew, he knew what the deal was damn it yeah but, but uh look, I, 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 I didn't want to say this right quick if I'm not mistaken, when Prince came to Jackson back in 1980, didn't he open for Rick James? Yeah. 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 Matter, of fact, uh, matter of fact, they yeah. fell out not too long after that because Rick, Rick to, to the day he died, Rick James basically said, as brilliant as Prince was, <laughs> Rick James basically said Prince stole his style, man. Now, I mean, that's, you know, Rick James could be a, a, a cynical motherfucker when he wanted to be, as much as I, you know, admired the guy. But he was just like, you know, basically, you know, how he had the Stone City Band. And, you know, I'm just I'm just like, he was just saying that a lot of stuff in certain ways that Prince did was influenced by him, but he didn't want to, he didn't want to acknowledge it. That was, that's what Rick James was saying. You remember that yeah. show, uh, it didn't last no time. But uh, it was called Holla or something like that. It was some shit. Cheryl, um, what's the comedian name? Uh, damn. The dark-skinned comedian. Uh, one look like Wesley Snipes. Cheryl. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. She had a little show on, on B. That's B- a shame. And everybody knew who talking about. <laughs> and Rick James was on there. This was, you know, quite a few years before he passed and stuff. And he brought, he basically brought that up about Prince and, you know, I mean, you know, it, it was basically like, you know, he didn't really care for certain things. But, you know, that never went nowhere because, you know, nobody really talked about it. And definitely it's really no time to just Google it and look it all up because the man did and all that. But I just always thought that was interesting. And um, I guess that's why I grew to appreciate Prince a lot more over the last, 15 years than the prior years because it was almost like, you know how people like choose sides when somebody kind of, you know, got a little thing or something. So, uh, yeah. but as, as, as I got older and grew more so into my own art, even though my shit visual, I really started understanding him a whole lot more, you know, where like, I mean, Prince got on a level so high, man, it was like the, the, the earth and shit didn't even mean nothing. If, if, uh, if his music was there, that's all that mattered, you know. And I ain't trying to get out of there like that, but, I mean, you know, but it's like I could kind of understand shit a lot better, you know. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people understand just the the the, the greatness uh, associated with him. And, um, you know, and that's fine. That's going to happen because uh, not everyone is familiar. But, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, – just go ahead and, and break it down like this, and this is a difficult question for a lot of people. 
So you have to take a second to think about it, I understand. But if you haven't, after, you know, it's been almost a week since he passed, if it hasn't come to your mind yet, then it may not ever come to your mind. And, Buck, I'll start with you. What is your favorite Prince song? Wow. That is a hard one. Um, God, there's so many of them that I like. Uh, and it's, it's really hard to just pick one. So I, I know you said pick one, but I'm going to have to be different and pick two. Um, I, I like Little Red Corvette. Um, okay. And and um, I like that one. And I mean, when you start the show, you you play so many that a lot of other other um, outlets have not played, and that we hadn't heard in quite some time. But Purple Rain's a classic. I had to throw that one in there as well. I mean, Purple Rain yeah. is awesome. Uh, the movie that went along with it. Um, all the hoopla that went along with that. So, I mean, those are two of my favorites. But really, he had so many. Um, Darling Nicky, there were so many of those that were just classics from, from the from the jump. So, um, but starting probably from his third or fourth albums when he really started hitting, because some of his early stuff really didn't hit until after, you know, until after he, you know, was out for a little bit. But those are two of my favorites. Okay, okay. And you mentioned Little Red Corvette. I thought it was cool that Chevrolet played a tribute tribute to Prince in the USA Today with a picture of a red Corvette, and the quote said, baby, that was much too fast. I thought that was pretty cool, that what they did. And there were a ton of tributes. I mean, purple buildings lit up all over the country. I thought it was just going to be a yeah. Minnesota thing, but it was all over the freaking country, and I thought that was pretty cool. And Crystal, yeah, what about you? What's Pensacola your- did something, too. We uh we okay. lit up uh, uh downtown, uh, down Palafox. They lit it up purple um, the very That's next night. Cool. So I thought that was pretty cool. And Jackson, they probably just lit up blunts. Uh, Crystal, what's your favorite <laughs> Prince song? <laughs> <laughs> Smoking that purple haze. Okay. Um, well, I think a lot of cities did that on their um, billboards and stuff like that. They did the purple thing. Yeah, um, New Orleans had a really nice little celebration Sunday. Yeah, so a lot of people did that. Um, for cities, I think one of my favorites uh, would be "How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore." I love That's that a song. good one. Alicia Keys remade that. And I like um, "Diamonds and Pearls" is one of my favorites. And of course, "Purple Rain." So, okay. Yeah, those, I mean, I mean, there's, I, there's so many adore. I mean, just, I, you know, it's an amazing song. No doubt. Ray, what about you, man? Oh, uh, me, I definitely probably have to say, I would die for you, Darling Nikki, and mm-hmm. probably Purple Rain. Okay. That Everything Purple Rain, Purple Rain album. Was in the, was in the zone. Yeah, I mean, I like other things that he's done since and before, but that Purple Rain album was, he was just on point with that one. Yeah. I mean, you could take any one of them songs and it could be a number one hit. You so, could. I mean, yeah, you think about it, so, Purple Rain with Michael Jackson's Thriller, I mean, man, music would just, folks yeah, would just they, they on all the it was it was three people hitting it that well I would say four at that time. 
It was Bruce Springsteen. It was Prince, Michael Jackson, and Lionel Richie. Okay. And maybe five that. with Madonna. I I gotta say Madonna because I like a yeah. Virgin album. She had so many number ones on that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. I mean, should have been yeah, number one. Put her in there too. Yeah. Yeah. But Man, music yeah. was great in the eighties. Okay, okay. Amanda, what about you? What's your favorite? Oh, uh, that's a. It's tough to say, but the first two songs that come to my mind, if I had to pick a favorite, "Adore" would be one of them, and then. Um, another one that I like uh, from the Gold Experience is "I Hate You." Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, All right. I like those. I like those. Eminem. Oh man, this is easy. <clears throat> this dude has so many songs you almost can forget more than you can remember. But uh, yeah. Uh, I, I was in I was in Grave with 1999. Man, that shit was so deep. Um, I mean, of course, the song itself was pure, you know, funky as it can get. I mean, at that time, he hadn't quite fully developed his own style. It was a lot of the time, you know, influence still in there with the sound and that type of shit. But uh, the song was so deep, man, that, you know, especially in a more conservative part of the country, uh, a lot of small towns and shit like that. Everybody thought the world was going to come to the end, especially white people in, in 2000 and shit like that. And uh, yeah. And then when he made this song, really, like 20 years before that, I think that shit came like in 79, you know, he was talking about partying and stuff. So it was just like, man, that almost changed my view on life then. It's like, shit, man. Everybody else talking about running and shit. This motherfucker talking about partying like to the end. I was like, this some deep shit, you know. And, um, uh, uh, that's like my all-time, uh, believe it or not, I mean, you know, that's like my all-time favorite Prince song. And then um, I had to throw uh, Uptown in there. I mean, you know, musically that was beautiful. And uh, uh, that song, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was very deep too, cause I mean, shit, it's some verses in there, man. It make you wonder, you know, <laughs> you know, like shit. You know, it's, it's almost. I ain't, you know, trying to paraphrase it, but it was almost like. Uh, you know, some verses in there, like, it don't even almost matter what nothing is. You just put your dick in something. That ain't what he said, but that's almost <laughs> what it sounds like. You start breaking it down. And that, you know, that right there was kind of like, nah, I ain't liking it. Like, I'm liking it, but I ain't I ain't feeling oh, maybe man. a translation like that. And then uh, something that was very different for him, and it was a very short song. I don't even remember what album it came out for, but How's Quick, that was like House a Quake, different time, sound. Time. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, Housequake was yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, so that was... uh, Like I say, the guy was so brilliant, man. He's just like, you could just... To put out that much artistry to the point where it would take somebody damn near an hour naming some of your stuff that you did, and then somebody else would say something. You're like, oh, snap, damn. Completely you know? different. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I forgot about that. And there's no telling how many he has in the vault. And then when he got into like strictly something to be bought only in one place, and I, I mean when he started taking it like that, it, it, that I mean it's so many vibes and stuff he got out there, man, that people don't know about. So uh, for him not to have like a uh, a heir or a caretaker for that is almost unfathomable as far as his masters and his. His musical treasures go now. I, you know, yeah. he might be just like the average black person would just say the car and the house and everybody fighting over the shit and all that. But 
it's hard to believe he didn't leave nothing, you know, taken care of with his masters. It is, man. We'll figure out if that's the case or not, though. But uh, my favorite uh, Prince song is, is also Adore. Uh, that's just, it's a long song, but, I mean, that's a nice song. That's a nice song. You playing Adore or whatever, you feel like you feel like the night going somewhere if you're with somebody and you're playing Adore. But the song that has to take honorable mention for me, and I'm pretty sure you all recognize it, Gotta go with erotic sister. Oh yeah, that's tight. Uh, now I'm trying to remember what year this came out. Uh, I want to say erotic city came out in well, like 1986 or so. And what about the time? Was it that about 88? I don't know. It might have been. It, it might have been 87 or or 88 because um, I remember. Either being close to high school or right at high school age. Man, I forgot about that jam. Damn. See, that's what I'm saying, man. This dude was so brilliant. You can forget more songs than you can remember that you actually love. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, that gives more credibility with the Master P quote, though. I mean, it's just like, dude been this brilliant, but it's just like, I don't know, sometimes people get taken for granted when they that great, you know? Yeah. I think that he really started getting love, um... Right around the time he did the Batman soundtrack, you know, it wasn't often that someone did an entire soundtrack. You know, most of the time you did one song on a soundtrack and that was it. But he was asking the entire album and he killed that I think James Brown did Black Caesar, if I ain't mistaken. Okay, okay. Well, James Brown is definitely someone that's an iconic, you know, musical legend, just like a prince and everything. But, uh, I mean, he just did so much, so. All right, going to uh, take one more quick break, and we'll be back to discuss this whole Birdman incident. <laughs>
Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. All three of y'all. Stop playing with my name. I ain't gonna say it no more. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. He done cursed us out. Tell him, tell him, get it off your chest, Birdman. Stand it already. I ain't got to talk no more. Cause I, I, I don't understand the angle. Like, what, like what? Stand it already. So why I come here? I did it already. I'm here. So what's happening? I mean, it's all good. But I'm, I'm saying, here. why, why, why? And I'm here. What's happening? I'm all good. But I'm yeah, saying, why I come here just to curse us up? What's happening, man? I wanted to see you. I wanted to talk to you on your man and your face. Absolutely. You understand me? I knew a p- few places you was at. I could have pulled up, but I don't think that was gangster. I wanted to come look you in your face like a man and tell you how I feel. Okay. You understand me? Straight up like a man. So no what's the shit, issue? No ain't no issue. If it was an issue, you don't, you'll feel me. I just come to let y'all know, stop, put some respect on my name. You understand me? When y'all saying did, my name, put some respect on it. Did you, did you pull up on Ross that way or Trick Daddy? Man, I'm pulling up on you, nigga. Yeah, but I'm, I'm the radio guy. Why well, pull up on the radio guy? Don't act tough with the radio guy. I hate my nigga. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. That's why. All right, so that's what went down with Birdman being on The Breakfast Club just recently. <laughs> um, evidently, The Breakfast Club was throwing a little shade his way, and Birdman didn't appreciate it. So he came on the show just to let them know he didn't appreciate it, told them to <laughs> respect his name, and, uh, you know, he, he, he let them know how he felt. And, Ray, I'll start with you on this, man. I know The Breakfast Club, they throw a lot of shade in people's way, and they talk a lot of, you know, noise behind the mic. But how do you feel about what Birdman did? Do you think that's something they had coming? Do you think it made him look bad? I mean, how do you feel about it, Ray? Idiot. I mean, the, the reason I, I said make him look bad, you know, it, it, it's, it's a thing of I understand his side of it where they say, you know, you shouldn't sign with him because he ain't going to pay you. He got a long record of not paying people, so... That's a true statement. Now, somebody that you call a son, you owe the guy $50 million. I mean, it's hard for you not to talk about that. But see, this this, this is where it gets bad to me. And, you know, I think Birdman's a cool guy. I mean, he dressed the way a black man's supposed to get dressed. You know, you got some money. You know, he really throw it on. But... This is what I don't respect about the situation. Okay, Rick Ross and them talking to you, Drake Day talking to you. You ain't got nothing to say to them because, you know, they right. acted down in Miami. But now you come up here, you threatening, you doing this, you doing that. Same thing go for Lil Wayne. You doing that tough talking, but this man owe you $50 million. If anything got to come out, it's got to come out over them $50 million. You, you know, you get mad. Yeah, oh, oh, uh, I forget what this is. Scooter Braun was uh, Justin Bieber's manager. Oh, you about to kill him and all that because he said something about one of your artists. Okay, this man owe you $50 million. What's going on? You know, to me, these guys don't address the situation needs to be addressed. It's kind of like if you got a problem. You know, you ready to go all upside the white boy head with the penny loafers on, but then you walk down the street, <laughs> a dude leaning on your car, you act like you don't see him. Is, so I'd fear, never be that kind of that kind of person. You know what so I mean? It's, so it's, it's I, I don't fear respect with that at all. 
You say what? Is it fear with Birdman? You say is it fear? Yeah. That makes him yeah. roll up on Charlemagne, but not to Rick Ross. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of guys that have said a lot worse, and you said nothing. And you, try, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's well, different that you ain't taking no stuff off nobody. I would say, okay, then he had a right to say what he had to say or whatever the case is. First of all, you rolling up with seven to eight guys. What's all them guys for? If I yeah, come to talk to Charlamagne or whatever, I'm coming to see you. Ain't nobody here but me. So what's all them guys about? You know, <laughs> like that means something. Then you call them up the next day trying to apologize and all this and that because they don't realize that's one of the biggest radio stations in the country. And Revolt is run by Universal, and Universal uh, is connected to cash money, and you know they can shut a lot of things down <coughs> if you don't do the right thing. See, it's easy for a guy to walk up and say, yeah, I'm the boss, and I run this, I run that. End of the day, you answer to these white folks. You know what I mean? So, or it, it hits you in the pocket so hard, you might as well be answering to them. So, I mean, I, I I saw it when it when it happened, and yeah. you know, I I didn't you know think they should have did it like he should have did it like that. You should have pulled them guys to the side or sat down, did the whole interview, and right. told his side of it right. instead of talking in riddles and everything else. Yeah, he's rich, but he's ignorant. <laughs> I think everybody agrees with that. <laughs> Or Crystal, I mean, there were a ton of memes on Facebook, you know, about res- respect my name, and a lot of them were hilarious. But uh, how do you think he made himself look bad, or you think that he had a right to, I guess, do what he thought was defending himself? Oh, please. He looked like a fucking bitch. That's why everybody was fucking talking about him. He looked like a bitch. It's a bitch move. I mean, why do you do that? Just like the Charlemagne said, why are you going to pull up on the radio guy? I mean, this is my job to talk about you. And and if you don't, you know, you don't want to deal with me, then don't come on my damn show because that's what you're going to get. You're going to get the same thing no matter whether you in front of the mic or you on the other side of it on listening to me talk about you. So, and, you know, he was right to say, why don't you go and talk to the motherfuckers that are out in the street, the street niggas that y'all beefing with, why you don't come talk to me? You know, it was stupid. It was really stupid. And then he sounded stupid because <laughs> his, his poor fucking accent, he couldn't even get his words out. You know, he sounded like an idiot. So, I mean, Chris, is, I mean, is you finished or is you done? I mean, I was like, what the hell? What, what are you coming for? That was my favorite part. Is you finished or is you done? <laughs> Now you're gonna talk about it no more. I'm like, dude, really? Amanda, what's your two cents? Uh, I don't think I can add anything else. You, <laughs> Crystal, pretty much summed it up. When Ray showed that to me, because you know, I, I pretty much, I'm not really in the loop with all that stuff. Ray was like, "You got to see this. You got to, you got to see Birdman <laughs> on the Breakfast Club." I'm like, "All right," so I'm watching it, and it, it was just, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was just like. You're just embarrassing all of the Southern folks, just just real bad, you know. And 
But so, you know, it, but I was glad that I saw it because, like you said, everybody is, like, hashtagging and, and oh, yeah. memes on Facebook. So if if you don't, if you haven't, if you haven't um, listened to it, you won't know all, where all that stuff is coming from. So, right. I mean, it was pretty hilarious. It was. R-E-S-P-E-C-K. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when it's, when it's all said and done, but you, you can't really battle anybody that has a microphone, can you? I mean, yeah, he could come out with disc, t- disc tapes and things of that nature, but ultimately the guy on the radio show is going to pretty much win every time because he has that huge listening audience that he can pretty much get to believe anything he says, right? And then well, Charlamagne I mean, I'm referring to. I mean, when you get up there and make a fool of yourself like this clown did, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think everything has been said that needs to be said has been said. I, I mean, fuck his damn name. You, you got you. You gonna be that stupid to get up there and act a fool like that? Then you should be talked about point blank. Okay, I thought it was hilarious. I saw. One uh, video this weekend, they had the crying Jordan face on them <laughs> in the studio, and scenes from Ricky getting shot and boys in the hood. They had some crazy stuff from this, but uh, I mean, Birdman made his statement, whatever that was, and we'll see what happens from here. I'm pretty sure he'll probably just die, and we might not hear much from it. But it was just kind of odd, and for him to not to even do the interview was kind of odd too. We figured. If he's going to go through the trouble of showing up, that he would have at least done the interview and given his side. But he wasn't interested in that. He was interested in getting some respect on his name. And, you know, that's what he felt like he did. And he bounced out of there. So it was a pretty odd situation. But All right. Another thing that shut down the um, Internet this weekend was Beyonce releasing Lemonade. And... It's, it was a, I think it was described as a visual album. It was an HBO special that came on, which had her album and a video for each album. And there was a lot being said in Lemonade. And a lot of people took different things from it. But, Amanda, I'll go back to you. What did you take from Lemonade as far as, you know, I don't know if you've heard all the music or not, but what you've heard about it, if, if anything, what did you think people took from her album? Well, I mean, I, I did I did see the visual album and I enjoyed it. Um I think that I was talking to a coworker that's a huge Beyonce fan and she was saying that she was a little slightly disappointed, not that she didn't enjoy it, but I think I think what was missing um was the amount of like, you know, Beyonce's known for those kind of upbeat, feel good songs, you know, that you can dance to and real catchy and and it was a pretty I mean, there there might have been one or two, but it was just it was just a lot of anger, and yeah. I think a lot of people aren't used to that used to that from her, um, and of course everybody's assuming that she's telling what really happened as far as you know she's talking about Jay Z cheating on her, which right. that could be the case. She could be um, speaking on her mother's behalf and and what her mother went through as far as her mother and father's That's relationship. That's a good point. Or she could just be writing a freaking song. I mean, yep. Every, I mean, people are these are these are artists. I could write a song about whatever, and it doesn't mean that that's my true experience. People always want to make it out to be that you know a musician or 
singer that's singing a love song, oh, he must be so in love with this person, and he may not be in love with anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that that could be the same thing with uh, with this particular album with Beyonce. People are assuming that it must be her own personal experience. That may be the case, but then again, it may not be. So I think that for me, I'm, I didn't try to dig too much into it. I was kind of like like anybody else. It kind of caught me off guard. Um, the anger and the content of the of the um, especially the first few parts of the uh, of the video or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I just I just took it as um, as art personally. Okay, Crystal, what did you take from it? I thought it was very good. Um, I liked it because it didn't sound like what she usually does because I usually don't like what she usually does. Um, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, a huge fan of Beyonce. I give her, you know, definite respect and props for what she's done, because I think she's a great entertainer. Put some respect but this particular name. album, I, I thought it was really good. I thought um, the songs were really nice. I thought um, they had a little more depth to them. Mm-hmm. And I liked the departure from, you know, kind of the, the poppy things that she usually does. Uh-huh. You know, that's basically one-dimensional. So, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I think out of all of those, I think it was like 12 songs. And I think there was only yeah, two. Yeah, 11 or 12. That I, yeah, that I could have lived without. But other than that, the rest of them were great. Okay. I I didn't watch the documentary. Um I've heard a couple of the songs. I thought the song Hold Up Hold Up was a uh, nice song. It has a nice little island type of flavor to it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but I haven't watched the documentary or heard the entire album. But uh, but why do you think that so many people focus on the lyrics that insinuated that Jay-Z cheated on her as opposed to a lot of the other interesting things that she said? Because Beyonce really hit a lot of topics involving women's issues, but everyone was so focused on, did Jay-Z cheat on her? Well, this is a super couple. You know, this one of those, you know, power couples, I should say, in Hollywood or wherever. So, you know, everybody wants to see what the latest dirty is, you know, because this is how society is. So she comes out with this, you know, which in, in a lot of people's eyes is controversial. Um, so, you know, naturally everybody's saying, oh, she, you know, you know, Jay-Z did this, did that or what have you. So it's, you know, constant gossip, you know, it's water cooler type yeah. stuff. Um, you know, so, you know, she pushed the envelope because this, you know, we're used to the nice Beyonce, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm not a fan of Beyonce personally. I mean, I, I don't have any albums, don't plan on buying any. But the thing is, is that, I mean, this is something that, you know, it, it, it's, and she knows what she's doing. I mean, she, she's starting, you know, she's doing what she needs to do to, to get record sales, you know, point blank, period. So this pushes the envelope. Maybe it's even, you know, it, it could be even a marketing ploy that maybe Jay-Z just said, hey, why don't you try this? You know, she's already pushed the envelope with the Super Bowl thing earlier this year, you know, and had people talking. So, you know, that generated a lot of buzz. So did this because, I mean, her her last three things she's done, her last album was, you know, done, you know, you know, it was released over the weekend, 
you know, and this little thing was released, you know, at night or what have you. So she knows what she's doing. She knows how to get, you know, get the people's attention and get, you know, get that money. So, you know, she's doing what she needs to do to do that. Okay. And, Ray, Beyonce used a term in one of her songs, um, that a term we've heard before called um, a Becky. All right. And she used the, the term to describe a woman that she said cheated with her husband in the song. But in, in your opinion, Ray, is Becky a racial slur when it's used the way that musicians use it? Uh, nah. I mean, I only caught a little bit of it, you know, as far as reading a few stories about, you know, first they say maybe Rachel Roy and uh, Rita Ora and stuff like that. So I'm really not familiar with the term, to tell you the truth. But, um, you know, all the all of this vague stuff to try to make people think and all that, to me, I'm not really into all that. Say what you mean or shut up. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, I haven't heard none of the album or none of that, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, to me, I don't think you should go through all of these changes. If you're going to put some music out, put it out on Tuesday, release it to all the stores, and let people go and get it. They do all this funny shit to make people be the first one to get it, and you don't have a true number on what they sold because it was released on this day or that day. And, you know, I just, you know, I'm not a a fan of that. All I can hear a lot about lemonade, 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 and I haven't heard not one record. I mean, it may be good. To me, she needs to slow down on them up temples and do more ballads. You know that that would be that would be good, but you know anything when you talking about paying my bills and surviving, all they keep that shit. That that ain't get no play in my car. You know if you want to play Halo or something, I listen to it. Dance with my father, I listen to that. But all that other shit, no, you play that shit to some hoes that want to hear. <laughs> On Twitter, SPK thirteen. Yeah. And said, um, in reference to the um, adultery and everyone's focus about that, she said, pain related to betrayal is a universal concept. So people were able to identify with the experiences she sang about. That's a good point. And, Amanda, do you think Becky is a racial term? I mean, if someone called a black man um, Leroy or called a, a Hispanic man Sanchez, I mean, wouldn't that be considered offensive? Yeah, I mean, I was I was looking at the uh, the talk earlier today, this afternoon, and they were talking about, um, I guess, Iggy Azalea must have uh, posted about on, on Twitter about don't call her a Becky and this and that, no shade to Beyonce, but, you know, this is my, call me Iggy, don't call me um, Becky, and then she was like, just like, you shouldn't call Asian women uh, Ming Lee, and you shouldn't call uh, black women uh Shanae and stuff like that. Yeah, so when they put it in Keisha. that way, I, I yeah, I, I, I get I get where she's coming from. I mean so um I I, I understand. I, I could see I could see both sides of it. Um if people are offended by that then, you know, un understood. But 
I guess before then I never really looked at it that way, but technically when you put it in those terms, it can be looked at as a as a racial uh, type thing or a stereotypical um, type name, I guess. Okay. I guess we can blame, uh, what's his name, Plies, for that. <laughs> Wasn't he the one that had that Becky song? Yeah, but they, I mean, it even goes back to um, to Sir Mix-a-Lot. Her mix a lot with baby got back, so you know, oh my god, Becky, look at her butt type thing. So, oh, that's um, true, that's that's true, very good, yeah. So, very good, uh, hip hop historian yeah. here, <laughs> wouldn't say that. <laughs> okay, on Facebook, Andre and Tampa chimed in and said that um, the term started a few years back. I think it was, yeah, he said, Plies on one of his records. We knew he was talking about a white girl. My man Curtis and Jackson said, is that worse than Snowflake? Well, I don't know. I guess it depends on who you ask. And LaChiqua chimed in from Houston, and she said that it is should be considered a racial slur. So, okay. All right. Something to consider going forward. Uh, Crystal, what do you think about the Beehive, or the Bayhive, I guess, or the Bayancy, whatever you want to call Beyonce's loyal listeners, who basically flooded Rachel Ray's Instagram with insults because they thought that that was the person Beyonce was talking about cheated with Jay-Z. I think she's people insinuated Rachel Roy, but Rachel Ray got caught in it. But I mean, what do you think about the, the beehive or the Bayhive anyway? I mean, <laughs> these people are like loyal fans who basically go out and just, you know, attack anybody who has anything to say about Beyonce. I mean, do you think that's, pretty cool loyal listeners or you think it's a little kind of weird no it's typical it's typical fans I mean that's what you know those fans do I mean every you know major artist has different names for their particular fans but all of them do the same thing you attack their idol or whatever and then that's what they do Uh I mean it was a little I mean first of all these are the part of the ones who are doing all the attacking and whatever I mean, these are young kids, you know. Yeah. Um, who, who don't do know Rachel Ray or Twitter. Rachel Roy. <laughs> right. They don't know who the hell Rachel Roy is. Well, they don't know, know more about who Rachel Roy is. But they didn't even realize who Rachel Ray was. And poor Rachel Ray woke up and, like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Somebody I mean, told her, was, uh, you need to be somewhere shit. caramelizing some onions. <laughs> yeah, and gonna, see, that's how stupid they were. That they would go onto her page and start talking about her cheeseburger and all this stuff. I'm like, she's Rachel Ray, you idiot. Not Rachel Roy. But um, they were Which just I think silly. Rachel That's Roy denied stupid. that she's the Becky with the good hair. She Well, she didn't really deny it. But basically the bottom line is Becky means white hope. That's what yep. basically what it means. It yes. means white hope. It means a woman who will, you know, go down on you, a white yep. girl who will go down on you. Not, yep. And that just means head. And it basically, you know, gave me that thing. Means that That's too. That means. Yep. Exactly. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, black girls didn't do that. Or they claimed they didn't, you know, because they thought it was nasty. Just like black men, you know, claimed they, claimed didn't, they didn't go, go down, down on women. Yeah. So that was the whole thing. So you had to go, if you want that, you want some good oral, you got to go to the other race. <laughs> you know. you so that's why. That 
Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. So whatever. <laughs> that's where that's where it really just got repopularized, I guess, so to speak. But uh, I don't know this whole lemonade thing. I mean, it's it's definitely done what she's wanted it to do. And for all the people out there who are talking about, you know, ooh, I wonder how Jay Z felt when he heard the lyrics. Or don't act like Jay Z just first heard this Saturday when you did. All right, this man isn't Jay Z her manager. <laughs> I mean, why would he not know the contents of her music? I'm pretty sure he's okay with what she's putting out there because it's getting buzzed. You know, it's getting publicity. Look how everyone's talking about it. And some guy named Alex Jones said that Lemonade is the beginning of a CIA plot to start a race war. Um, (laughs) I can't go there with you, Alex. Uh, A CIA plot to start a race war. Yeah, I have to read on that. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But all right. Um. One last thing before I get ready to wrap things up, and anyone can answer on this. Is Beyonce on the level of Prince? Why and why not? No. I would say no. I mean, she's ultra famous, super rich, and she has a very big following. But some people are just um, one of a kind. You know, uh, Beyonce is kind of like I don't want to say Tina Turner because to me she's much bigger than Tina Turner, but we kind of seen some of the stuff she's done before. Prince is a guy that when you think about him, you say, who else is Prince? It's no nobody. You know, Beyonce, you know, you can kind of take a little bit of what she does and you can find it in several of the artists. Some people compare so, it to Rihanna. Yeah, a lot of people don't know Rihanna sold more records, but you know, uh, absolutely not. I mean, it's just Prince is Prince. I guess you could say Beyonce is Beyonce, but no, I would say Prince is is uh is 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 a bigger star. Maybe not today. Well, he's probably bigger now than he ever was, but his a state is going to go through the roof kind of like Michael Jackson did. I think yeah. if something were to happen with Beyonce, I don't think she would sell billions of dollars worth of merchandise and everything else. She would sell a lot, but not quite that much. All right. Anybody else want to chime in? I would say no, simply because, I mean, Prince is on a whole nother level. Um, he's in a different stratosphere. Beyonce, I'll never get there. Um, I mean, she'll she'll definitely be, you know, catchy and things of that nature. But to me, I mean, she'll never reach Prince status. Uh, so you, you, you can't even put her in the same damn category. All right, so let's let's compare Prince to Michael Jackson. Now, this is just me personally. I know everyone feels differently. I felt like Prince was bigger than Michael Jackson, even though Michael made some amazing accomplishments and uh, did a lot for bringing the races together when it comes to music. But, I mean, does anyone think that Michael is bigger than Prince? Oh, I do, of course. I mean, Prince is a more talented musician Uh and he does more things than Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, to me, is the most famous man to ever live. Because of his worldwide reach. 
world ride. I mean, just big records, everything. He just okay. the most famous man to ever live. I mean, Prince is in the class by himself, but he's not on Michael Jackson level. Popularity wise, or as popularity wise, no. Yeah. And recognition and every well, recognition and popularity is the same thing, but you know, as far as all of that goes, no. If we was to get musicians in the room and they say, Well, who do they most admire? People probably admire Prince more for everything that he does. But as far as, you know, popularity and fame and everything else, yeah. Michael Jackson's the most famous guy to ever live. Anybody yeah. disagree? Well, you got to throw Elvis in there, too, unfortunately. I mean, you know, right. Elvis was also, you know, very, very popular. Um, and I think that's the reason why Michael Jackson tried to do, you know, did some of the things he did so he could actually be more famous, including marrying his daughter. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, the thing is, I mean, from Michael Jackson was definitely the most, you know, prop, he's probably the most famous man that ever walked the earth. But, you know, Prince. Is in the class by himself simply because he did everything. He could play all the instruments, um, and he could write the music. So, with with that being said, you you know, from a talent standpoint alone, you know, he was more talented than Michael Jackson. I know now he may not be as more talented as far as dance go, but as far as music itself and creating music and having his own sound and Pretty much sticking with it from throughout his entire career, um, you got you got to give Prince a nod on that one. Yeah, well, I give Prince um, the reason why I do, and I, and I don't disagree with what what Ray says. I mean, it's kind of just a matter of perspective. Um, the reason why I say Prince is because of his overall musical greatness, because he was more than just a singer. I mean, he he couldn't dance like Michael, but he still had his moves on stage. Um, he did the music. He did the movies. Uh, you know, he had four movies, uh, and they were very successful in their own right. He also had a lineage of musicians that he created. I mean, he gave us Sheila E., he gave us Vanity, Apollonia, he gave us Shana Easton, he gave us Tevin Campbell, um, he gave us uh, Morris Day and the Time. Um, I even think he had some influence on, um, wasn't Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? Because uh, one of them's from Minnesota. Yes, uh, public, yeah. Yeah, yeah, who later went on they to were do part of great the things. Um, Jesse Johnson's review, yes, right? Jesse Johnson's review, I think I, I may have mentioned them. Uh, Wendy and Lisa, I mean, just everybody that he, that kind of came from underneath his wing. And then when you think about the other artists who came out of Minnesota who were greatly influenced by Prince with uh, some members of like 112, uh, Next, um, I think what Mint Condition? Then they, I think there were a couple of their members from Minnesota. I can't recall. So, I mean, I have to kind of throw all that into the mix too. That this guy just also created a family of other musical artists that he wrote for or produced. Uh, Shanna Easton's biggest hit, Sugar Walls. I had no idea that Prince wrote that for her. And so, I mean, a lot of them didn't have the staying power of Prince, of course. And when you consider that this is a guy that spanned across from the 70s up until today, I mean, which is an amazing accomplishment, uh, it's just, to me, just adds to his overall greatness that I think is people find a hard time matching. 
And I can't think of too many artists who not only were great themselves, but created other people who were hits or maybe had their, you know, their day, so to speak. I mean, Morris Day and the Time are coming to Jackson in August. I'm like, dog, I didn't know these dudes were still, you know, touring. But, you know, they're going to be in Jackson in August. So I think that's pretty cool. And I know they probably had their disputes on. um, I think Prince owns the name. Uh, for the time, if I'm not mistaken, and don't they have some disputes going on with, well, not now, but they did with rights or something with the time, I think. Yeah, I know they have. A, they go by a different name. I can't. Um, I didn't know that it was a dispute, but I know that they actually go by a, a different name. I don't know if it's like yeah. the original seven or something. They have a different Mars name. Morris Day in the in the clocks or something. I don't know. So well, I saw Morris was one of their friends. I didn't know they was feuding. That's what I that's what I heard. But um, so, you know, I'm I'm thinking something, and I might as well go ahead and say it because it's just talk to you. What's the chances uh, of Prince not be? I say, what's the chances of Prince not being dead? Uh, I personally think it's little to none that he is. I because I someone did mention this. Uh, in a conversation I had over the weekend that it's a possibility that it's not true, that he's not really dead, no one saw his body and all this other stuff. I mean, you never know what rich people can pull off. But... I mean, because if anybody can pull it off, he can pull it off and appear, you know, five years from now or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a slim chance, but, you know, it's always a possibility. I look at it like this. He's seen out in public walking around, and then, you know, I don't know. But The first major star to pull that off to where they disappear for an extended period of time and come back um, alive, I can't wait to see it. I want to see someone do it. Yes. I just think that it's amazing in this day and age with cell phone cameras and all this stuff, to just disappear off the map unless you're seriously going somewhere there just aren't a lot of people. You know yeah, when you got a when you got a house that big and everything in it, you ain't gotta come out of there for a couple of years, you don't want to. So that's true. That's true. But uh I, I did have someone else, you know, mention that this weekend and I was like, I I don't know, I just assume when they say someone's dead that they're dead. But if they pop up, like I said, I'd love to see it. <laughs> but all right, uh, on tomorrow's show, Zone Coverage, we will preview the NFL Draft, talk about the NBA playoffs, which has really been shaking up with injuries, uh, get into some boxing, and, you know, do our thing like we always do on Zone Coverage. may not be a long show tomorrow, but enough to get all that in, and then we'll Simulcast with the first round of the NFL draft on Thursday. That's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. So 9 o'clock Eastern tomorrow, normal time. An hour early on Thursday to simulcast with the NFL draft. And if anything changes and I start 30 minutes later just to try to catch some of the hype behind the first round, I'll let you know. But I think I'm going to start at the same time. So we'll go ahead and get into our final thoughts. Again, the Talk to Q Radio Show brought to you by ForeverLetter.life, my official sponsor. 
Final thoughts, and Amanda, I shall start with you. Okay, great show. I enjoyed um, hearing everybody tonight, of course. Um, just really, uh, really enjoyed the show and getting a chance to talk to everybody. Um, the one thing I wanted to say um, that you, I think you only asked uh, Crystal about this as far as the beehive. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I think they are a little bit more vicious than other fans of other uh, of fans of other musicians because if you say something about let's just say anybody else Rihanna or whoever somebody that's that's big on that level you really they have fans just like I know Nicki Minaj has the Barbies or the Barb's or whatever but you don't really hear about people like a whole huge group of people just going to somebody's page and just like just attacking like putting the little uh bee emojis all over the place and just saying crazy stuff. I mean, they they really go in. So I think they're, um, I think they're just, I don't, I don't know what makes them like that, but to me, they, or maybe it's just that they get so much attention, but yeah. they, to me, they do seem like they're a little, they're kind of like super fans. They're kind of, is really, really, if you say something about Beyonce, even if you don't, you're not blatantly trying to say something, you have to literally probably say, hey, no shade, no disrespect or something like that, and they'll still be looking at you sideways. So, But um, but one thing Ray said as far as about him not liking the way that she kind of just drops uh, surprise albums, I kind of I like it because I think it's changing the music industry in the sense uh-huh. of you're eliminating all the promotion that goes into that. Like, So you're basically saving money. So because you have the pool to say, hey, I just dropped an album, and people come running. It's almost like if I walked out on my balcony and and drop food and the cats come running. You know, I didn't have to tell them a week or two months before, hey, I'm going to be feeding y'all on April 26th. I just go out there and do it, <laughs> and, and they still flock. So right. I think it's pretty cool. And um, regarding Prince, as far as being more famous than Michael Jackson, it's kind of hard to say because I feel like Michael Jackson may have been um, the most famous entertainer of all time. Uh-huh. But what I'm what I'm really loving is just all the respect, like everybody has said previously, all the respect Prince has gotten from you know just different cities around the not just around the country but around the world, lighting up whatever famous landmark uh, purple, or um, I know like that Thursday passed away, like that Friday morning, um, the different news stations having their set in purple and everybody wearing purple and the NBA yeah. uh, on TNT their whole studio was purple and they're playing Prince's music. I can't really even when Michael died, like I know he I know he got a lot of attention and a lot of respect, but not is it's it, with Prince, I guess maybe because you can just the way you can do it with the purple. Yeah, and and yeah. so I was telling Ray, I can't think of any other musician or singer that was ever a so or any entertainer, famous person associated with one color other than Prince and Johnny Cash, because Johnny Cash was known for wearing black. So black, those yeah. two are really the only two people I could think of that were associated with a particular color. But anyway, um, I just really enjoyed the show, and it was a great, great topic tonight, and I hope everybody has a, a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Glad to have you back on. And you mentioned um, the balcony, and it made me think about Prince used to play pre- free concerts um, at his home up in Minnesota, uh, right. he he would open up the gates to his um, estate, and you go out there and lay out your like 
you know, lawn chairs or blankets or whatever, and he'll come out at like two in the morning and start playing music, and he would perform to like five or six in the morning, and it was free. And that's yeah. just a guy that loves music. You right. Know? So I think that's pretty cool. But all right, and Ray, your final thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, great topic, great tribute to uh, the Prince. Prince was a one-of-a-kind entertainer, and he'll never be forgotten. And I think that uh, nobody will ever quite match up to what he's done as far as, you know, putting out artists and making records and writing songs and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it, it's always a sad time when you have to say goodbye to a great entertainer such as himself. But, um, you know, all great things come to an end. So it's kind of like, you know, I think if he was alive to see it, he would be real proud of all the the, the respect that he's getting and you know, not that he was a person that was out for a lot of attention. He just wanted to be heard. And now everybody's listening. Everybody's trying to find his music. Everybody's trying to, you know, just, you know, pay their respects. Because I think unlike a lot of entertainers, people actually like Prince. They think that he was, you know, a nice guy or a cool guy or a talented guy. And really, when you think about it, he's the only guy, really, that gets a pass for wearing blouses and makeup and all that, and nobody really says. Nobody really says anything foul about Prince. They may have said in the 70s and 80s, but like 90s and 2000s and all the way up until today, Prince actually gets a pass. I don't care if it's... Yep. Rappers, if it's athletes, if it's who it is, politicians, they all got respect for Prince because he's one artist that I think everybody likes at least one of his songs. And you yeah. can't probably see that about any artist. Some That's people, just, you know, just don't like that genre of music or whatever. You probably find anybody, somebody likes at least one of his songs. And, um, Great as far as with the, the Beyonce thing, man, you know, hey, she's going to entertain and she's going to make up money and, you know, she's a beautiful lady. But a lot of times I think with her music, I hope this is something different. If it's something different, sound like y'all saying it's kind of like that Mary J. Blige type of thing, which, okay, you know, I, I give it a listen. I just don't think that it does anything with those songs that you just, you know, going at guys and stuff like that, which, you know, you got a right to do because obviously you're real rappers go at the females. But at the same time, you know, if you got a husband and, you know, he's treating you right and all that kind of stuff, maybe she should tone that down a little bit. You know, my wife tell me the same thing when I come on here. You know, I should tone it down a little bit. But... You know, I guess it's, it's freedom of speech, and she can say what she wants, or whatever the case may be. But you know, I just think that it's better to release music the way it used to be released. I mean, changing things, and everybody wants to be a business person now, and everything else. To me, that's that was the beautiful thing about Prince. 
He didn't put a price tag on everything. You know what I'm saying? He did things for the love of doing it. He said, I'm rich. I can travel. I have my own jet, my own cars, my own mansion, and everything. I do whatever I want to do. So if I want to do something for free, I can do that. You know, nowadays, people write a check. They want you to see what they did. Oh, Black Lives Matter, we're going to get $2 million. Everybody can say, look here, and I'm down with black folks and all this and that. When uh-huh. Prince can do that behind closed doors, and nobody has to know anything. And that's the kind of guy I got respect for. So much love to Prince. You know, his music is always going to live on, and we sad to see him go. But he's going to go out as one of the greatest to ever do it. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, Prince definitely did things for the love of music. Um, I mean, I remember when he released, what was it, a double or triple CD or something with Target. It was like nine bucks. Triple, which is unheard of. Yeah. You can't get one CD for that. And so, I mean, he just does things because he's trying to get himself, get his music out there. That's, that's what he was doing. That was his focus. So thanks for that, Ray. Crystal? Okay, good show. Um, uh, much love to Prince. I think that uh, the reason why people, there's such an outpouring, that, that this outpouring is different from Michael is because at the end, People, you know, I think that a lot of them were on the fence about Michael because of all the allegations. True. And I think his his stardom had been, or reputation, had definitely been tarnished. Um, so people didn't know exactly how to feel, <laughs> you know, about it. It, it, was just, it was just dirty in the end. It was just horrible. And, um, but... I agree with Ray that um, Michael over is is the most famous person. I mean, over Prince. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about fame and stardom and and you know love and all that, I think people truly across the globe um, love Michael, and it's a different uh, type of of love. And um, with Prince, Prince is more of a respect of uh, of a um, you know just an art. He was like an artist, artist, you know, like a musician, yeah. musician, you know. So it's more of a depth kind of thing where we, you know, you don't need. It's, it's not about fame. It's about it's about the artistry. And that that is why you know people loved him, and and the fact that he didn't cause a lot of commotion on a personal level outside, yeah. you know, to put himself in the news and all that kind of stuff and tabloids, and even though he slept with a lot of women, <laughs> he did all this shit. I mean, it has it says something about a, a person, a man, especially if all these women never came out and just said that that nigga ain't shit. <laughs> Nobody <Sure>. said that. <laughs> you know, it's just it was it's quite amazing actually. Yeah. You know, that uh Huey and some of the other singers didn't come out with their own songs and you know, they didn't do that. Because they pro- they probably respected him as a person. So that, that has to tell you something about who he was and it has to tell you something 
about the kind of person who doesn't draw attention to themselves in those negative lights. So, so people respect him on a, on a major level. So, yes, the outpouring, you're, like, you're allowed to do it. You're allowed to say for cities to, to be purple and for TV stations and, and everyone to come out because he was a person that everyone knew and that, you know, for the bottom line, that, you know, they respected him as, a, as an artist. So that's just an amazing thing. And not many artists die that way. You know, sure. we can say anything about them on a nice level. So, so really, you know, really good show about that, and I'm really glad to hear everyone talk about him because he meant a lot to me and, and my generation, and and I'm just glad that, you know, this is the way he went out. I mean, I hate that he went out so soon, <coughs> but, you know, but I think this is honorable. I haven't except for people who don't even know who he was, like stupid Bieber. But um, other than that, you know, I think everybody honored him, and they understand the honor. So so I appreciate that. I like that. I do, too. And I think other artists understood how much work he put in to do what he did. I mean, he did it all, and I think they understand the work. And Buck, shut it down, man. Man, this... uh... You know, Prince was one of these guys that, were, you know, transcended not only different, you know, racial lines, but he also transcended music itself. He actually was a creator. I mean, anytime you start, you know, mastering your craft at an early age and being able to play multiple in- instruments by the time you turn 10 years old, that says a lot. Um, not only, and that says that you can understand music, but you can also write it as well. So, I mean, he did something that a lot of the artists today just don't do, you know, because everything's commercialized. But this man, you know, he, he had his own style. He had his own, you know, and everybody knew, you know, people, you know, it's amazing about his music. Not a lot of people copy Prince's music. It's, it's you know, they copy some of the others, but Prince's music is kind of like he's a throwback. People don't touch his music, if that makes sense. Um, you hear Prince song, you don't hear other people coming out trying to redo one of his songs. It's like, oh, that's Prince. Don't touch that. So, he is to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, not because of just that. It's just it's, he had a he has a um, aura of respect that's just unmatched by today's artists. Um, and I mean, the, you know, that last concert he did, he actually did one of those concerts on Saturday where, you know, he opened up his doors to, you know, to the general public and, you know, go ahead and, you know, you know, play music. I mean, artists just don't do those types of things. That's what made him unique. That's the reason why he got the respect, and he's still getting the respect that um, that that we're talking about. And this that's probably something we'll never see again, probably in our lifetime or any other one. So, I mean... He definitely will be missed, but he won't be forgotten because his music, you know, some of the songs that we hear, been hearing since then, you know, since his death, I mean, they bring back so many good memories. So it's definitely a loss, but we'll definitely remember him. Um, he's now playing music for a different different group of people, and hopefully hopefully we'll get to hear that, hear that beautiful music again. But um, great show as always. Glad to have Amanda on tonight. Glad to have everybody on, and uh, everybody enjoy the rest of your week. All right. 
Thank you very much, sir. My thanks to foreverletter.life for being an official sponsor. Thanks to Corinda Chapman for When Time Unexpectedly Runs Out. Get in on Amazon. Go to Triff, uh, Kickstarter and search for Twiffless, T-W-I-F-L-E-S-S, to get information on their dating app. And happy anniversary to Ray and Amanda. Five years. I think that is awesome. Let me give you all a round of applause on that. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, the show can be heard live every Tuesday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Go to TalkToQ.com to get a calendar of events and sign up for my email newsletter. Uh, I thanks to Show Legends, those who participated on Twitter, Facebook, and all that. And as far as what I'll say about Prince, I mean, many great musical artists have come and gone in my life, but this one feels a little different because I enjoyed Luther, I adored Whitney, I was in awe of Michael, but none of them delivered art to my senses like Prince. And not just the music, but fashion, color, acting, and dancing. Prince was a multitude performer, and to think that his talents are gone forever is just a shame. Because this is a man that spent almost 40 years of his life bringing us music that we've danced to, nodded our heads to, and made love to. He went from being labeled a freak or a weirdo in the late 70s and early 80s to literally being considered royalty just a decade later. And I feel so sorry for the millennials who can't seem to wrap their brains around what a musical genius he truly was. And to think that some of them were actually conceived of Prince's music is so crazy. Now, my definition of greatness doesn't line up with theirs at all. Greatness is not the number of Twitter followers you have. Greatness is not the kind of car you drive. Greatness is not being heard on the radio every 20 minutes on everybody's song. Greatness is walking into a room and seeing people forget their names when they see you. Greatness is leaving a lineage of other people's music behind you. And I mentioned some of the people earlier. Greatness is being offered an opportunity to complete an entire movie soundtrack, which he did with Batman. You know, not just one, but the entire soundtrack, which I know that's been done before, but that's a great honor. Greatness is having a sketch comedy show like Saturday Night Live dedicate their entire show to you. A comedy show celebrating a musician. I mean, that shows you the level of respect that he has. And greatness is being recognized by a color or a symbol. Now, I have a cousin who's, you know, from Minnesota, and he's encountered Prince on several occasions. I haven't spoken to him since um, his death, but he has a ton of stories to share about him. And just like me, my cousin listens to music uh, from the inside out. Um, it's kind of difficult to explain, but essentially it's focusing on accompanying instruments first and accessories and kind of working your way back to dominant instruments like bass or drums. It's kind of like an attempt to hear a song within a song is the best way I can put it. But Prince was a master at that. He always gave you a little extra that maybe some people wouldn't necessarily notice, and I have an appreciation for that. Now, I'm not one to mourn celebrities like I mourn people that I actually know because I just don't get attached to people like that I've never met. However, I do miss when talent is taken from us. And we don't have a lot of musicians left. We don't have too many musical artists who are so talented that other A-list celebrities stutter when trying to speak to them. Prince was a one-of-a-kind entertainer, and his talents would be clearly missed. And a friend of mine posted a lyric on Facebook um, that describes how so many people felt last week. And it comes from my favorite album, Parade, which was the soundtrack to the movie Under the Cherry Moon. 
And the lyric goes, sometimes it snows in April. Sometimes I feel so bad, so bad. Sometimes I wish that life was never ending. And all good things they say never last. Truer words have never been spoken. Prince, rest in peace. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? 